This audio recording is presented by New City in downtown Orlando. This morning's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 24, verses 45 through 49. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. Well, uh, good morning. Um, yes, preacher, rev, um, reverend, pastor, probably a whole host of other names. Um, uh, sorry for the water. It's spoiling this beautiful. I'm not feeling great, so hopefully uh, I'll make it all the way through today. Um, so I'm going to start with a question uh, for all of us, um, maybe kind of a redundant question. Um, Why did you come to church today? Um, you're already here, so it might be a little bit too late to ask that question, um, and hopefully you don't leave if you decide, I don't really know why I came, um, or why is this guy preaching? Um, well, listen, maybe, you're, maybe you feel obligated um, to, to show up this morning. Uh, maybe it's uh, the right thing to do. Um, maybe uh, you're feeling down, and so need a little bit of encouragement, so I'm going to head to church. Uh, maybe it's because you see people that uh, you like. Um, and, uh, so, or maybe you see people that you don't like and you're sitting on the opposite side of the, I don't know. Um, maybe you got nothing else to do. Um, I'm surprised you're not sleeping, uh, this morning, but listen, why did you come to church? Um, is there a, is there a greater purpose? Uh, what's the point? Um, is there, um, is there some direction, uh, that the church is, is headed in? And, um, I would say to you, of course, yes, there is. Uh, and I would say that this passage uh, speaks to it. You know, at, in Paramore Ave, we are uh, coming to the conclusion. This is our last sermon uh, on the book of Luke. Um, and so we're finally coming to the end. Um, and, and so here's the context. Um, Jesus, resurrected, uh, come back uh, to life from the dead. Um, at the same time, you've got a, a group of people uh, that are right there, and, and uh, you've got some of them, they're believing, um, and yet at the same time, they're, they're sort of unbelieving. Uh, they're, they're confused. You've got some people, um, they're, they're joyful, um, and yet they're also startled uh, to see this resurrected Jesus. Um, they're, they're afraid. Um, there's, there's apostles in the room, but there's also a bunch of other people who aren't apostles uh, in the room. It's kind of a, a motley crew uh, that's, that's there. Uh, and so no doubt they're, they're looking for someone to show them the way. Uh, where do we go from here? Uh, this is great. You're, you're, you're risen from the dead. I'm still a little bit unsure of that, but, but I think it's you. Uh, earlier in the passage, uh, or earlier in this chapter, he says, um, touch and see. It's, it's really me. Uh, and so no doubt there's a little bit of confusion, but here Jesus speaks into that. Uh, he speaks into chaos. He, he brings um, order into chaos like good leaders do. And so he sends the church um, on a direction. The church needs leadership. Um, if, you're, if you're in a business uh, or you, you're in the workplace, you know that things rise and fall on leadership. If it doesn't have leadership, it doesn't go anywhere. 
Um, leaders make hard decisions, um, take things in a certain direction, and that's what Jesus does. He shows up um, on, our, on the scene here, and, and the first thing he does, it says, is opens their minds uh, to see the truth of Scripture. So he takes this confused mess of people and, and sends them uh, on their way. That's what good leaders do. You know, uh, Mike Krzyzewski, uh, the, uh, the basketball coach for the Duke um, team, many would say uh, an incredible coach. Why? Um, obviously, he gets incredible players, but what does he do? He takes all these incredible players, uh, knits them together into a team, uh, and does something that no one else can do. Makes them work towards this common goal. Um, so much so that some of them, they don't ever make it any farther. Um, because it wasn't necessarily about them and their, their talent, uh, though they were great. It was about a coach who took them and sent them somewhere uh, on a direction, uh, got them working uh, together. Um, that's what I would say uh, leadership is. That's what Jesus is doing right here. He's calling all of us, uh, myself included, um, all of us, into something bigger than us. Uh, and yet at the same time, it's totally dependent on us. It's not about you, and yet it's about you all at the same time. You're a part of it. In Paramore Ave last week, um, one of the things I said was, listen, you matter. Um, and, and so this, this morning's uh, call to worship is that. Uh, we, we're all living stones being built up into what? A spiritual house. Um, and so this means that it's brick by brick. Um, you take one out, what starts to happen? The structure falls apart. Uh, so every brick, though you may feel like, what's my point? Um, what, why am I here? Um, every one of them matters. Um, it's not about any one stone, any one brick, and yet every stone, every brick has a purpose. Um, and it's important to that larger mission. Um, and that's what Jesus is doing here in this passage. He's giving us our mission, giving us our, our marching orders. Um, he's gathering up this crazy, confused, scared, motley crew of people and says, listen, this is where we're going. Um, this is where we're going. Here's your purpose. Here's your objective. Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. What's our purpose? What's our, what's our goal? Where are, we, uh, where are we headed? So I actually have four points um, for you. I, every time I come here, I can never be Presbyterian and do three. I feel like it's, it's either two or four or whatever. So here we go. There's four. Um, the messengers is the first. The message is second. The mission is third, and the means is fourth. All right, so um, let's start uh, with the messengers. Where, where do we get uh, our message from? Where, where do we get our mission from? Who's, who's sending us uh, on our way? Um, you know, uh, when you watch the news, uh, Channel 9, uh, what's, the, what's their tagline? Eyewitness news, right? Eyewitness. Um, why? why? Why do they call themselves that? Well, because what do you want? I mean, you want that first person to count. You want the person closest to the action to be able to say, hey, hey, what happened? Uh, and they can say, well, I saw it with my own eyes, right? And so that's, uh, that's what they're after uh, when they go and find, find their news stories is who, who saw it? We want to interview that guy. We want to interview that woman um, so that we can see what happened. We're not just going to take somebody else's word for it. Um, they want to get something that, that's actually been seen. But we do the same thing in court, Right? Um, eyewitness uh, testimony. It's always weighted more uh, than others. Uh, if you've got uh, hearsay, right? Oh, well, I saw, uh, I heard from him that he saw it. It never goes as far, does it? Um, you need someone else uh, to be able to say, I saw it. Um, I witnessed the crime. I can tell you I saw him or her in the room when it happened, 
Um, that's, what we, that's what we want. Listen, that we want truth, right? That's what all that points to. And we want truth. We, we need the truth. Um, verse 48 tells us that we've got the truth. You are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses uh, of these things. Listen, uh, that's not talking about me and you. We aren't witnesses in the way uh, that those folks that were in that room were witnesses. They were witnesses of these things. Um, they were apostles. They are special um, because they were eyewitnesses to Jesus. They saw Jesus hanging on that cross. They were, they were standing in the room when he appeared to them and said, it's me. Come t- touch my side, touch my wounds. It's me. Um, put your hands on my flesh. Um, those are eyewitnesses. That's um, who brings us our message. You know, 50% of people um, in a study that was done by uh, a, a great uh, uh, researcher um, said that, listen, Jesus is just another man. Um, he, doesn't, he wasn't really that important. Um, he, he said some great things. He taught some really interesting things, some profound things. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, he's just another guy standing here just uh, like I am. Um, but right here in our passage, we've got eyewitnesses. We've got eyewitnesses who said, I was there. Um, I was there when, it, when this man was risen from the dead. He showed himself to me. He is the Christ that we've been waiting for. That's, uh, that's the foundation upon which uh, we stand. Uh, and from there, uh, we've got not only their eyewitness, uh, but we've got what they wrote down um, afterwards. We, we've got their, their, their court records, as it were, um, to be able to say, this is what we saw. And so that's why uh, Jesus is able to say, they opened, uh, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Um, and he said, this is what's written. It's about me. And so the, the apostles' um, eyewitness accounts, they're written down for us, right? So we've got the, the New Testament and, and now um, the gospel for us is, is like a, a pair of uh, glasses that we get to put on. This is why I love uh, CBR and what we do um, because when you, when you put those uh, gospel glasses on, you're able to look at Old Testament, New Testament and it takes all of the, the fuzziness and the, the haziness and it says, it's all about Jesus. And it, it takes all of that fuzziness and it focuses it, brings it into focus. And that's why um, we, we read the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's about Jesus uh, the whole time. Uh, one of my professors in seminary said, you know, the gospel is, it's like a diamond. Uh, see, a lot of times we think the gospel is one thing, uh, one little set of beliefs. Um, but, but when we read scripture, we see that there's uh, many things, many ways to see um, into the gospel. Uh, and so as we read uh, in, in CBR and, and as we read scripture in general, we find um, we've got different angles uh, on the gospel. And it, and it gives us a, a more robust understanding um, of who Jesus is uh, in the gospel. And see, this is why um, for us uh, and for me, as I've learned, scripture isn't just about uh, learning something new. See, we're, we, we love, we're obsessed with learning something new, I think, sometimes. If we haven't learned something, if we haven't studied and figured something out from, from scripture, then we say, gosh, I haven't gotten anything yet. But I've realized over time that the issue is my heart. The issue is, uh, am I seeing the gospel again uh, in my heart through the scriptures? Um, and that's what uh, Jesus gives us uh, here. Uh, as he says, here's the messengers, and this is their account. Eyewitnesses, it's good as gold. You can depend on this. Um, and he gives us that. So that was a short point, but I felt like we needed to talk about that uh, for a moment to establish we've got rock solid evidence uh, of, of men and women who saw um, Jesus crucified, 
saw Jesus uh, risen from the dead. So listen to messengers. We're gonna move quickly on to um, the message, the message. What's the message of the church? What is the church um, all about? What does the church say um, when, uh, when it encounters other people? I, I would ask you the question, what do other people think the church is about? <laughs> um, when you ask other people who aren't in the church, what, what would they say? What would they say to you? What, your message is this. Uh, well, I think some of us, uh, if we asked our friends uh, who weren't in church, they might say, well, hey, I think it's about, hey, come join us, be a part of our church, uh, be a part of the Bible study that I'm in. Um, but if you don't, uh, then it's over. Really, you were just a project. I just wanted you to come and do, do what I do, but I, I don't really care about you. Um, I just care about you being a part of what I'm doing. Um, and so as soon as they don't come to your, your, your church, you know, you defriend them on Facebook or you unfollow them on Twitter or whatever, they're not your friends anymore because they weren't your friends to begin with. You were just trying to get them uh, to do what you wanted. I think that's how some people uh, feel like we treat them um, outside of the church. Or maybe, maybe people feel like the message of the church is this. Do this, uh, don't do this, right? It's a, it's a set of rules. So to get in, you gotta follow that certain set of rules. Um, you gotta get in the country club. Um, and then to stay in, you gotta keep learning some new ones. Uh, and if you, don't ever, if you don't keep up with all the rules, um, then you're certainly not going to uh, stay in. What else? I think the church, uh, sometimes the message we send uh, to, to people is that we're a bunch of hypocrites, right? You've heard this a million times. We pretend like we've, uh, we've got it together, but no one knows the real you. Sometimes people outside of the church know the real you better than people inside of the church, right? Because they might be your friends uh, more. Um, and so they look at us and they say, man, you're just faking it. This isn't uh, the real you. Or the message uh, might be about the church that, look, the, the church is the place that you go only when you've hit rock bottom. It's the crutch. Right, so for us, uh, maybe as men, um, uh, the church might appear to be a place where you go when you're weak. So why would I go there? Um, I'm fine. I don't need uh, what you have uh, to, add, to, to give me. So listen, there's many more messages, I think, um, that the church uh, puts out there. But the question I would have for us today is, what does Luke 24 tell us the message is? What does Jesus tell us the message is? Well, look, the, the message of the church starts with a fact, Okay, the message starts with a fact um, that was given to us by the eyewitnesses, the apostles. You see, something happened. Look at verse 46. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead uh, on the third day. There it is. That's what the apostles saw. Um, And so we have our our, uh, apostles' creed. You've heard it. We've recited it here uh, many a time on Sunday morning. Why? Because this is, uh, these are the facts that we believe that happened. God loves the world, sends his only son. That's the Christ, the one the world had been waiting for. Conceived by the Holy Spirit, he's God. Yet born of the Virgin Mary, he's God with skin on. Fully God, fully man, suffering under Pontius Pilate, it says. The government couldn't find no wrong uh, doing, but what do they do? They mock him anyway. Um, they beat him, they put a purple robe on him and a, and a crown of thorns. They, they release a murderer um, to the people. I mean, the crowd still yells about Jesus. Crucify him, not the murderer. We'd rather have the murderer than this guy, even though he's the innocent man in chains. Then he's crucified, dead, and buried, um, the apostles go on to say. The Christ nailed to a tree, um, body broken, blood pouring until he breathes his last. Laid up in a tomb, it says, buried. Um, A stone rolled over, total darkness um, taking over. Descends into hell, the Christ 
punished for the sins of us, um, his people. But on the third day, says he rose again. Light pierced through the darkness on that third day. The power of God um, puts life back into Jesus' body. His bones stirred up. His lungs filled with air. Um, his brain begins to work away again. And the stone is rolled away, it says. And he appears to his people. Earlier in the chapter, as I, says, as I said earlier, he says, Why do you doubt? Look at my hands and feet. It's me. And so those are the facts. That Christ will suffer um, and rise from the dead uh, on the third day. But see, those facts lead to something else. They lead to a result. Um, They have an effect on us. And so the result is is verse 47. That repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name. That's the result. The result is a path um, is made to cross the divide that separates sinners like uh, me uh, from God. A path out of, as we said this morning, the kingdom of darkness um, into um, his marvelous life. A path where, where Christ lays down his life um, for us. A path where I'm released from the bondage uh, that I deserve because of sin. It's, it's me um, standing before the judge. The prosecuting attorney has all the evidence against me. It's a death sentence. But the judge, after giving the death sentence, steps down off his seat, takes off his robe, is bound in chains, and sent off um, to be executed. One life for another. Substitution. That's the name uh, of the game. That's the result. His life taken so that my life can be awakened. So the result of the facts is that substitution made for me. The Christ died so I don't have to. See, the the question is, um, am I going to trust in my own record um, or am I going to trust in someone else's record? See, repentance is, is not turning from doing bad things to doing good things. Repentance is turning from trusting in my own record that earns me death and turning towards and trusting in the record of Jesus um, that earns me life. You see, that, that's our message. When Jesus has that uh, crazy group of people in a room, he says, this is your message, that repentance and forgiveness uh, of sins is gonna be proclaimed in my name. And so that's why Paul says, I have resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You see, that should be the most appealing message to us, um, for us, um, uh, not only for us, but also to share with others. But, but see, I think, I think it becomes distorted um, because we start to change the message. The message becomes uh, less about news and more about advice, right? And so the gospel, it says right here, is a proclamation, not of good advice, but of good news. See, good, good advice would be this, um, good advice... Um, would be a king going out um, against an invading army um, to defend his land. But the invading army breaks through, um, right? And the king, what does he do? He sends back word to his people. Uh, and he says, hey, you guys better strap on the armor, get your swords out. Uh, it's time to go to battle because the invading army is coming. Um, we didn't defeat them. Um, let me tell you, there's there, there, there snipers over there. There's foot soldiers over here. Um, the advice is fight for your life because they're coming, that would be good advice. Uh, but good news is this. The king goes out against that same invading army. Um, they battle it out. Um, but the king achieves victory. And what does the, do, what does the king do? Does he send back the advisors and say, hey, watch out. Fight for your life. 
No, he sends back good newsers. Uh, He sends back gospelers. He sends back heralds that say, we won. The victory uh, is ours. Um, So now we've defeated the enemy. How do you live your life? You get to live your life um, in peace. That's been achieved uh, for you. Live your lives in the joy, in your, your lives in the joy um, that comes out of that peace. It changes everything. Good news changes everything. Because as we live our lives, we live our lives um, out of the thankfulness uh, of our hearts uh, because of what uh, victory uh, has been won. You see, that's the gospel. Good news. Sin, death um, has been vanquished. Uh, the victory has been achieved for you. You see, every other religion uh, gives good advice. It says, hey, fight for your life. Here's the steps. Uh, If you do these things, you'll get there. Um, But the church, uh, through Jesus, says Christ uh, will suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And repentance and forgiveness of sins uh, should be proclaimed in his name. That is uh, the good news. So the messengers... Uh, Our message is based on uh, the eyewitness account of apostles, the message, um, the gospel. Uh, Something happened. Jesus Christ suffered uh, and risen from the dead to give us repentance and forgiveness of sins. And so now um, the mission, the mission, what are are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Well, it says um, that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. The message, uh, it's meant to be taken to the world, um, to all the nations. You see, long before Jesus, um, God made a promise uh, to a man named Abraham. He said, I will bless you and all the people uh, of the world uh, will be blessed through you. All the way back in Genesis uh, is when he made that promise. And here in Luke 24, when Jesus says that this message, this message of repentance and forgiveness uh, is for all the nations, that's God making good on that promise. Um, that he had made hundreds and hundreds of years uh, earlier. It's not a blessing of cars or money um, or a, a better house or status or power um, or health or any of those things. The, the blessing um, is the gift of forgiveness of sins that we would have through the life and the death and the resurrection of God's own son. You see, this whole thing uh, that we call Christianity uh, begins here in, in Luke 24. 11 men and some of the other followers hear Jesus say these words, uh, going out and sharing his message. And the result is all of us <laughs> sitting here in this room today. Now, starting in that little room uh, of confused believers at the beginning. Um, and Christians were killed then for their belief and, and they're killed uh, now, as we know, uh, from their beliefs. But I want you to see what Jesus does with suffering. Jesus turns suffering um, into redemption. Uh, look, at, if, you, if you know that Luke uh, also wrote the book of Acts, the, the history book uh, of the church. Um, and early on, the apostles are, are preaching the message. And where are they doing it? Um, in Jerusalem, which is why Jesus tells us it'll start in Jerusalem. But listen, by chapter five of that same book in Acts, um, the apostles, they're already being thrown in jail uh, for their beliefs. They're already being thrown in jail for, for stating that Jesus is the, the Messiah, the one risen And by chapter seven, we've already got the first uh, martyr. Stephen died uh, because of uh, stating uh, his beliefs uh, in front of the religious leaders. And so the Bible tells us at this point that what happens to the church? They're no longer just in Jerusalem, uh, but because of the the persecution, they're scattered um, all over the regions uh, around them. 
You see, I'm sure uh, those early uh, uh, believers in that room wished, man, this message has got to go out. We'll, we'll go do it. Um, we'll start right here where we're comfortable in Jerusalem. Um, and sure enough, God takes uh, their comfort and blows it up. He blows it up through persecution and they're sent um, everywhere. Certainly they thought, man, this has got to be a, uh, this has got to come in a different way uh, rather than martyrs and us being sent um, everywhere. But this um, was the pattern uh, of Jesus. And so it's this, uh, this very persecution that causes um, their, their, their gospel to spread. And it's no surprise um, that the followers of Christ uh, would follow in his pattern of suffering. But listen, so we, we get to chapter 11 of, of Acts, and there's a city called Antioch. Now something new is happening in, in Antioch. You see, when you walk in the church doors of Antioch, um, it wasn't just one group of people anymore. It started to look a little different. Um, there were people from, from different races, different ethnicities. Um, uh, Antioch was a, a multi-ethnic, uh, multi-racial, uh, multi-religious city. Um, and so as the, the, that little group of people now dispersed everywhere is preaching the gospel, um, people are coming to Jesus. But see, if you were part of that original group of people, you, you were getting a little confused. Wait a second, we're, we're, we're the Jews, this is for us. Uh, this is a little bit confusing that this is going everywhere. Um, and so they have to do a little bit of a double take. Um, Jesus, are you sure? Is this for everybody? I thought this was just for us. And so they've got to keep sending people to this, this church in Antioch saying, um, all right, let's verify that this is really what's happening. And sure enough, um, people are coming to Jesus uh, in droves. Well, here's the point. In, verse, in chapter 11, verse 26, um, Luke records this. The disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. You see, before that time, they, they, they've been referred to as the way. This, this idea of we're Christians um, was, was never around uh, before this moment. Why were they called Christians first there? Well, because you couldn't identify them any longer um, as one group of people like you could before. Um, it was no longer the, the Jewish way or, or the Phoenician way or the Antiochian way or whatever you want to call it. They had lost their ethnic and racial identity. And so they had to reach down and say, what are we going to call ourselves? Uh, it's, not, it's not about one group of people anymore. I guess we'll just call ourselves followers of Christ, Christians. So here's my point this morning. I want us to see um, that as we are on mission, this word Christian, um, its first meaning um, has to do with the nations. Its first meaning, its primary uh, meaning is that uh, this, this, this thing that we do where we follow Christ um, is, is not about one group of people. You see, the only unifying thing among that entire group of people was the message. That was the only unifying thing. It wasn't the, the color of their skin. It wasn't their country of origin. There was no such thing as, as a rich Christian and, and a poor Christian. There was no such thing as a, as a white Christian and a black Christian. There was no such thing as American Christian and Chinese Christian. There are simply Christians. So the word itself says we are a diverse group of people, a reflection of heaven, um, united simply by our faith in the message, by our faith in our Savior, um, Jesus Christ. So listen, if Christianity is a diverse people united by faith, then it must be true that the message is preached in unique ways. See, Paul it was once the greatest persecutor of the church, right? Uh, then he becomes one of the greatest preachers of that Christianity, the message to all the nations. See, as you keep reading that book of Acts, a part of his preaching to the nations was that he would, he would custom fit his message 
uh, to everyone that he was speaking to. So when he was talking to Jews, he would, he would talk about the Bible. He would talk about God because why? They knew about it. But when he would come to a group of Greeks who knew nothing of God, who had many gods, uh, he would start where they were. And so you already heard Damien talked about it this morning. This is why you contextualize um, the message um, for the audience. This is why at New City, um, we have the vision to, to choose more congregations uh, over larger congregations whenever possible. Why? So that each congregation uh, might be contextualized, might preach the gospel um, custom fit uh, for the people um, that it is ministering to. To all nations is why we invest in church planning invest, uh, initiatives around the world. Um, to all the nations is why we have church planning interns and residents to, to be gathered in so then they can be scattered out um, around Orlando, around the United States, um, around the world. It's, it's why you sent um, a white dude with a passion for gumbo and barbecue and jazz music and the poor and justice and the gospel to endeavor to plant a church uh, in the Paramore Ave community. You can laugh, it's okay. Gumbo, gumbo, barbecue, come on. Um, it's Labor Day weekend. Um, that's why we do it. Um, because you've got to find a way uh, to, to, to preach uh, the gospel um, to the audience um, that you're preaching uh, and teaching with. Uh, now, you might say to me, I'm not a preacher, Eric, um, or a rev, or a pastor, or whatever. Um, what's, what do I do? How do I live this out? How do I live to the nations um, out on a daily basis? Well, I would say one is uh, continue to come to New City. (laughs) Um, Support the church um, in its worship and work um, as it sends uh, people to do this uh, work. But listen, I would also say this. There's ordinary ways. There's there's simple ways um, that we can also uh, live this to the nations out um, in our everyday lives. Um, There are people all around you um, who don't know Jesus. Um, you have neighbors uh, literally uh, right next to you. You have neighbors in this city um, that, that don't know him. You see, I, th- I think many people in our country, if we're going to contextualize uh, the gospel, got a knowledge in their mind um, that Jesus died on the cross somewhere uh, for sins, whatever that means. Um, they don't know. But what they do know is what they see people living out, right? And so that's why when I asked you at the beginning, uh, what's the message of the church? Uh, people have all kinds of ideas. Um, because I think they struggle uh, to see it lived out in people uh, who say they're Christians. Um, so I think today uh, in, in our country, people who identify themselves as non-Christians don't primarily need a theological lesson um, to win them to Christianity. Some will, um, but I think what they need also is a compassionate heart among his people. That's what, that's what many are waiting for. P- people want to see and, and hear someone who's willing to listen. Uh, People uh, want to know that someone is willing to repent for their own sins uh, before asking and telling everyone else around them uh, to repent of theirs. Uh, Here's how a friend of mine uh, said it. He said, the biggest mistake in sin uh, of the evangelical church in America today is that it has abandoned the pattern of the cross. It has accepted a, a different form of religion than that which Christ himself lived out. We've accepted a religion where there is no suffering. You see, we are called just as Christ did to enter into the suffering of others, to suffer so that they might find redemption, suffer sometimes with them and and sometimes even for them so that they might find the healing that comes um, in the cross. So what do you do? Befriend people who don't know Jesus and enter into their sufferings. That's what Jesus does um, with us and calls us to do the same. 
Because see, you have the only balm um, that, that can truly heal, the, heal their wounds. It's the balm of, of a savior who suffered so he could save you. And now you can suffer um, with and for other people so that they might find him. Listen, there are many ways to preach the gospel to our neighbors. That, that, that might be one of them. But the way you find out is by knowing people. Uh, caring enough to see that they are made uniquely uh, in the image of God. And then you learn people. Learn what their heart language is. Um, where are they hurting? Um, where are you hurting? What makes us uh, human? Uh, and as we do that, we can begin to speak into their lives um, with the gospel. Speak into their lives um, with a heart language um, that means uh, everything to them. So listen, the messengers, the message... Uh, the mission, and now finally the means. How does the mission get done? We'll look at verse 49. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Jesus, of course, uh, is talking about the Holy Spirit. He picks that up in the, uh, the book of Acts. Sometimes I wonder, do you remember that we believe in a trinity? Um, I forget this oftentimes. Uh, oftentimes I think Father and Son, um, but there's this other part of God, the Holy Spirit. Um, and it says right here, he is the power from on high. He's the gas in the engine, the, the fuel for the body. Um, one commentator says, unless the church possesses the promise of the Father, the power of the Holy Spirit, it is nothing. The church is nothing um, unless it possesses the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the promise is that he would send his spirit into our hearts to, to live inside of us, God with us. Um, and so the main job as Holy Spirit lives inside of us is so that he can carry out his mission uh, in the world, the mission that God has given us. He's not there uh, so that he can, uh, if we pray in a special way, he'll, he'll give us uh, our out to all of our circumstances or give us the new job or fix our relationship or fix all the things that we've messed up. His job is to apply salvation to our hearts and the hearts of all his people. And so Holy Spirit empowers us to preach that message um, to others. See, I wonder uh, what would happen uh, if we were uh, empowered um, by the Spirit um, to preach uh, a message of repentance uh, and forgiveness of sins that started with our own hearts. Uh, one of the things that has become uh, increasingly apparent to me as I uh, am endeavoring uh, in the church planning effort uh, in Paramore Ave is that people are craving honesty. Uh, people are craving um, the ability to repent, uh, to hear other people repent and own um, their own sin. Um, Holy Spirit gives us the assurance that our salvation is based on Jesus um, and his death and resurrection. Um, and so now we have the opportunity to repent, um, to live out loud, um, to, to allow others to see um, there is a Jesus uh, who loves you um, because he, sent his, uh, he was sent to die uh, for you, uh, to pay the price, to pay the penalty um, for your sins. And so you see, there's one prayer that the Bible says um, God will always answer, more Holy Spirit. God, please give us uh, more Holy Spirit. And so as we close uh, this morning, that's what we're gonna pray for. More Holy Spirit, more Holy Spirit um, to take uh, the mission that God has given us uh, and, and bring it um, to our people, bring it to um, our neighbors, bring it to the neighbors in our city, bring it to the neighbors uh, in our country, um, bring it to the neighbors um, that are across the world. Um, so won't you join me as we pray, begging Holy Spirit to do his work.
Heavenly Father, would you send um, Holy Spirit? Would you send the power uh, from on high um, to give us um, the boldness um, to share um, who you are uh, with the people that you have called from long before the foundation of the world? Would you give us um, more Holy Spirit that we might repent out loud, that we might uh, become a fragrance uh, of Jesus to those who don't know him yet? And would you give us um, the courage to uh, go to those who don't know you and say, I know of a savior. Um, His name is Jesus. Uh, I'm broken, um, but he has redeemed me. He is mending me. Um, Won't you come and and join that uh, party? Won't you come and join uh, that movement? Uh, Father, we pray uh, that by your Holy Spirit, you would cause New City uh, to be a place that reflects um, heaven more and more. Um, that just like in the, uh, the church of Antioch, uh, Father, that could no longer be identified uh, by one group of people. Father, we pray by your Holy Spirit that you would cause us to be um, a church that is Christian in every sense of the word. Um, that can't be identified by one group of people, but can only be identified as a diverse, a unique uh, group of people um, that is unified by the message of the gospel. Would you do that um, here at New City um, by your power? Father, thank you for the gospel um, that is our life. Um, We trust uh, in you uh, for that life. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.